Hello and welcome. Elizabeth Lockwood here. I'm your host for Mile Long Trace, where we unpack the process of practicing commercial interior design. This podcast is a catalyst to elevate you as a commercial interior designer to make you resilient and successful at your career by unpacking the facets of the design process, elevating your professional practice through organizational dynamics tips, celebrating emerged practitioners through a series of candid interviews so that you can hear how they navigated their career path, and lastly, creating a Q&A platform to build quality professional resources. In the end, I want you to feel supported in your role as a commercial interior designer so that you can be successful in your career. As passionate designers, we want to elevate the commercial interior design industry by providing credible resources to support emerging practitioners. In order to keep this content accessible, Mylong Trace is seeking industry partners and sponsors to grow this platform. Industry sponsors and partners that are passionate about supporting, influencing, and advancing commercial interior design. Mylong Trace is offering annual and a la carte sponsorship. More information and to contact us, go to MileLongTrace.com. Generous sponsorship dollars support the future of commercial interior design by building a stronger community, knowledge base, and attrition at firms and an industry at large. All right, so 20 design trends we're going to see moving forward. First one at the top of the list is reducing touch points. We're going to see advancements in materials and products and technology that are going to enable occupants to be able to reduce their touch. I found I was starting to even use my elbows for things is that universal design principles is going to be elevated and become a higher priority on projects so that people can safely move through environments. Number two is spatial awareness. Not only physical spatial awareness, but psychological spatial awareness in public spaces. We're going to need to, as interior designers, really, really consider our space plans, our adjacencies to spaces, and explore and look at how we can create a safe environment through spatial awareness. Number three is bleachability, right? So the ability to be able to translate what we know from the healthcare industry. And even when I've worked on hospitality projects and the clients continuously said, it's got to be solution dyed nylon, is we're going to need to see that elevated. We've heard case studies in the last couple of weeks where Cruise ships have been transitioned into patient care centers or multiple people have been quarantined on cruise ships. And to think about all the luxurious finishes that are in our hospitality environments, maybe some of the flooring was designed to be solution dyed nylon and bleachable. Maybe some of the seating elements were, but I know there's a lot of surfaces that are in our hospitality environments that cannot withstand that type of bleachability. And so we're going to really need to look for velvet that can be bleachable and elements like that, that we still want to have that luxurious space and that mood and that feel and that quality that we're working towards, but it needs to be 100% bleachable moving forward. Number four, technology. 
We're going to see a lot of advancements in technology, including voice activation as the ability for people to be able to check in to maybe shared computers, to elevator hubs and banks, things like that, where we have a lot of touch points is voice activation, the ability to be able to open something or control something without having to touch it is going to be something we might see moving forward. Number five, location of cleaning products to touch areas. So those shared common work areas, those shared common areas that um, we have a lot of people coming and going in, we're going to need to be able to have those cleaning products available to quickly and easily wipe down and transition to the next group of people coming into. And something to think about is, and I'm you know sure there's Others of you out there that have seen this, you know, the big Purell hand sanitizer bottle plopped onto a gorgeous reception desk is probably not what we had in mind. So we're going to need to really look at how we can create and allow accessibility of masks, cleaning, um, even hand sink accessibility beyond in restrooms. Maybe it's in a more public space that you don't have to go behind a door to do is we're going to see a need for locations of cleaning products and ability to be able to access those while still in that seamless, beautiful environment. Number six, we're going to see homes take a rise. There's predictions that single family residential units are going to be a sector that's going to rise. And I think it's in response to right now where we're at is we're working from home and probably stitched together situations. I've seen one friend that has a leaf of a table with a Costco box on one side and Legos on the other for his home office. I've seen others that have been, you know, leaning over their islands to work. Um, People have been getting really, really creative in their home office solutions. We've also seen parents trying to educate from home. And we're also needing to be able to retreat in our home and have the ability to be able to have wellness. So be able to do yoga or work out all within our home. And so what we're seeing is we're going to be demanding more of our residences and there's going to be more programmatic elements moving forward where we can incorporate a retreat space for an office to have private conference room. Um, abilities. So you're not having to fight over the one bedroom in a studio with your mate or with your partner to try to get a Zoom call in that's quiet. Um, We're going to need to be able to have the opportunity for children to be able to learn in their residential environments and also step away from that as I think that's something that's really important for all of us is to be able to step away from it. I've intentionally kept my office in my um, home office area. It's a retreat from the rest of the house. And I like the ability to be able to close the door and leave it so that when I go into my bedroom or into another room in the house, that I'm not conflicted to jump on and interact with my work calls. And so I think we really, really need to look at residential spatial relationships and allow people to be able to get away when they're working from home. Number seven. So I've been having some conversations with some other designers in Portland, and something that came up was hospitality design is right now. A lot of those projects are on hold. In a lot of cities, there was a huge boom of that in the last couple of years. And I think what we're going to start to see is those hospitality environments, hotels in particular, 
being transitioned to multifamily. As we continue to grow our population, we're going to need to be able to house people. And multifamily housing in those urban areas is still at a shortage for some cities. And so we're going to continue to see that grow. And there might be a transition of a hotel room expanding two of those rooms into, you know, one bedroom apartment. Number eight, we're going to see product manufacturing need to be localized. We are hearing, I'm hearing concerns from other designers that they're unsure if products are going to be able to make it to the construction site. And with the need to still maintain deadlines and meet client deliverables is we as designers really, really need to know that the manufacturers that we're specifying, those companies are going to meet and be with us as part of that team. And so the ability to be able to localize manufacturing is something that I think we're going to start to see. The great part about that is it's going to also reduce our carbon footprint on our environment. Um, which is something I love hearing. And I've always loved trying to localize and find products within, you know, a 500 or a hundred mile radius of projects as I think we're going to continue to see that increase. Nine, UV light. So some of you might be seeing this come up as I think this is going to continue to be a opportunity for innovation is to be able to clean with UV light. I used to think back to my kid's swimming pool a couple of years ago installed a UV light system in it to combat parasite that had gone into the water. And so I think we're going to continue to see UV light as a treatment source for cleaning our spaces. So what does that mean for us? We're going to need to be specifying products that are UV resistant, right? We need things that aren't going to fade and deteriorate over time. And we need to be assured from our manufacturers that these products meet that criteria. Number 10, waiting areas. We're going to start to see no-wait appointments come forward where the ability to get a patient quickly into their exam room and then transition that space. What we're going to see coming forward is the reduction of waiting areas and the reduction of going back to touch points is can we have a more seamless experience? We're starting to see telemed come forward that ability to be able to scan somebody remotely, but then when they do need to come in, that they need to quickly and effectively come in and not potentially being exposed to others or exposing others. Number 11, the spatial transition goes off of the weight area one, but I wanted to give it some more breath to it, is spatial transition, especially in big corporate towers, in bigger cities or federal spaces and even airport checkpoints is we're going to see that security scan that we have in place is going to be elevated to include health scans to assure that occupants that are entering the space are as healthy as they can be. So with that, to reduce the amount of exposure to others, to try to flatten that curve, right? So 12, this one I think is really important, us as interior designers, to be forefront of design we need to be encouraging and continuing to implement sexier spaces to entice people to use them. We need to have spaces that people want to go out to. After COVID, people are going to crave social interaction and crave being back together. And we need to be creating spaces that entices people to want to go back to them. 
obviously within a safe manner that we've incorporated a lot of these other points into it as well, but not to forget the power of design and the power of beauty and the power of having a space that just feels right that you want to be in it. And so we need to continue to do that. 13, there's going to be a need for sensitivity of employers in work-life interaction. And right now, I'm sure like a lot of you guys, the days are starting to blur together between working full-time and parenting and being a spouse and being a dog owner and trying to have some sense of self and you know, maintenance along with this is that work-life interaction I think is going to continue post-COVID is that we're going to need to have some ability to, you know, maybe not always work the straight nine to five. Um, We're seeing, you know, some employers report that some of their employees are probably working till 11 at night and they're ping-ponging and they're trading, you know, their hours so they can get the work done, but maybe in a little bit different time frame than we have seen in the past. This goes into my next one, the cat's out of the bag, right? How we will get us back into the corporate environments is going to be very interesting to watch. Um, Employers and HR departments are going to have to take a very, very close look at what are the services that are being provided that are going to entice employees to come back. Working from home is challenging, but there's also a lot of successes that are going along with it. In my office, where we're able to actually be more effective at home, um, we're also not spending you know, that time commuting, though some of us miss that time commuting because we used it as exercise as well, um, is you know, there's some pros, cons, and trade-offs. And so I think employers moving forward are really, really going to have to take a close look at how they transition the workforce back to those corporate environments and out of the homes. And part of that is our job as interior designers that work on workplace design is to strategize with our clients to create those environments to entice them to come back. Number 15, empathy. We are, as a society, going to need to have empathy as we transition back. It's going to take a while to desensitize heightened awareness for touch points, adjacencies between people, the concern for exposure, I think we're all feeling that right now. And, you know, and I hear stories of family members or friends going to the grocery store and people kind of like swooping in in front of them. And, you know, they're like, that was so rude. Um, is we all, I think, have a different sensitivity to what's going on right now. And I think we will continue to as we transition out of this or to what the new norm is. And so as a society, we really need to have empathy. I'm seeing empathy on conference calls already where we're, you know, challenged with the technology or the internet connection or whatever it might be is I think that seamless experience we all hope to have isn't always as fluid as we'd like to have when we're on conference calls remotely. And so I've seen a lot of empathy with that. And I think that that empathy is going to continue. And we're going to need to have that to transition beyond. 16 is we're going to need to reduce and look really hard at our commute exposure, especially people that have long commutes on trains or public transportations, is the ability to be able to have some more space and to have some physical and psychological safety around you. You know, some strategists are looking at that corporate workplace is going to need to localize itself more to communities where the workers are at to help alleviate 
commute time for employees. 17, to take a deeper dive back to hospitality design is retail and restaurants are going to need to take a big shift. I've heard this last week that restaurants before even COVID in my community were already challenged and struggling because they were overbuilt. So I think it's, you know, it's not, it's not solely up to the consumer to go out and spend, 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 spend. We need to really look as designers at the sequencing and the scenario of those spaces so that they do support this new heightened awareness. So I think we're going to see a lot of more innovation happening around retail and restaurant experiences. 18, healthcare. Healthcare has taught us a lot, and we can continue to lean on the healthcare sector to understand how we can design beautiful spaces for the other sectors in our portfolios. So really, really looking at that seamless cleanability of spaces in healthcare, I think we're going to need to translate. And just as healthcare has started to move away from that clinical sense is I think we need to really, really be cautious and really take a hard look at translating that cleanability and that cleanliness while still being an innovative space that people want to be in. 19. Workplace will look different. Our corporate office environments are probably going to look different post-COVID. And there's really exciting advancements that are going to be coming up through Delos, where they'll be looking at the well-building standards and taking a deeper dive into how pandemics can be mitigated through well-building standards. And so I, I think there's a lot of opportunity for those of us that work in corporate workplace design to continue to filter through how we can entice employees to come to work. I was hearing it before COVID of clients saying, you know, my employees, they want to work from home. They want to work from home. How do I get them in the office? You've got to create those environments that entice people to come in. And at the end of the day, we as a human species want to collaborate. And though we have a lot of social media tools and accessibility through computers to be able to connect, is there's something about physically connecting with people that cannot be replaced. And so those corporate workplace environments are going to need to really, really take a hard look at that and how they can continue to entice employees to come to work. 20, my last one, and this is one that piggybacks on a lot of the other points I was bringing up, is material science. We need manufacturers to be partnering with designers, and we need designers to be partnering with manufacturers to innovate materials. We need materials in order to specify and source and create healthy environments for people to live, work, and play. So if those products aren't available, we don't have those tools and resources. And so we as a community need to come together with our manufacturers to continue to advance the material science through looking at microbiomes, through looking at surface touch points, cleanability. It needs to be woven with sustainability. It needs to be woven with beauty. It needs to be woven with durability. All the material attributes that we ask of products, I think we need to continue to take that lens and we need to add to it by really taking a hard look at that microbiome and how products can be innovative to have repelling factors to them, to be 
UV light resistant, to be bleach cleanable, all those things that we have clients ask. So with that, I hope you have enjoyed Inspirational 20 after COVID design trends is what we're going to do is we're going to continue to track these and look at trends coming forward. I really want to continue to look at this as an opportunity to design and to not become paralyzed by what's going on around us is we as designers, we design for the health, safety and welfare of the public. And so it's our due diligence to continue to keep our designs and whether or not it's your design you're working on tomorrow or in a couple months or in a year is continue to be at the forefront of what trends are and where we continue to enhance our environments. So I hope to continue to report back with you guys on other trends I'm seeing as things move forward. Have a great day. Alrighty, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you want more, please spread the love and subscribe to this podcast. You can find supporting information in the show notes for this episode on milelongtrace.com. If you're itching to have a question answered about the interior design profession, visit our website to contact me. Don't forget to follow Trace on Instagram to stay in the know. Hey, share this with your friends to grow this platform so that we can continue to provide you kick-ass information that is relevant to you and your profession. Till next time, keep designing, y'all.